Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. In case you haven't heard, Congress is pretty divided these days. Add an impeachment inquiry on top of the deep divides that have existed now for years on Capitol Hill, and you get an environment that seems really unlikely to produce anything that resembles a functioning legislative body. But here in Michigan, we have two members of our congressional delegation, one Republican and one Democrat, who continued to push for bipartisanship and achievement despite the rancor. They are Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and Congressman Fred Upton, and they are in town today to appear together at the Detroit Economic Club at 1130 at the TCF Center, formerly known as Kobo. Uh, This is an event for DEC members and accompanied guests, uh, but you get to join two of our most esteemed members of Congress in a wide-ranging conversation that covers all of the issues that are on everyone's mind. I am really pleased to welcome Debbie Dingell and Fred Upton to the studio. Great to see you guys. It is nice to see you, Stephen. Yes, it's great to have you guys here in person. Often we are speaking on the phone when you are on the program. So uh, welcome to the studio. Uh, Fred, I want to start with you uh, because uh, I I would love to have you uh, address what we are hearing about the President of the United States right now, who is, of course, a member of your party. Um, and uh, impeachment is the issue that is on lots of people's minds right now. But specifically, uh, I think people are really concerned about how Republicans are reacting to the things that we're seeing and whether they are uh, putting party before country in the way that they are reacting. Well, let me say a couple things. Uh, first of all, and I, you know, we're out of session. We left uh, all of us uh, last week. I sort of thought maybe this is a good thing (laughs) we're not there for the next two weeks. But uh, I'll tell you what was I thought was a a key vote last week uh, following the Senate. Uh, Every member, Republican and Democrat of the House and the Senate, uh, voted for a resolution to make public the phone transcript and the accompanying IG report. Uh, And rather than keep it hidden or, you know, just the Intelligence Committee or wherever it's going to – because we want the facts. I mean that's really what this is about. And, you know, as I carefully read it a couple times, uh, both both the transcript and the IG report, uh, it prompts me to say there are a lot of questions that need to be asked. I don't know what the answers are yet. I uh, am not going to reach a conclusion. It's way too early for me to, to reach a conclusion on this. And I think that's probably where most of my Republicans are. Uh, you've got uh, and hey, we're, we're going to wait and see what, what, in essence, what the findings are. So if you look at the transcript that was released, we see the president speaking with a foreign leader and saying uh, there's this issue with Joe Biden. There's this issue with his son. We would like you to, to look into that. Tell me why that on its face is not. A, a violation of his oath of office, uh, B, a campaign finance violation, uh, but C, uh, an extraordinary uh, example of an interaction between our president and and a foreign leader. I I, I have never seen anything so like that I, before. So I'll take the, the, the language uh, from somebody on the uh, intelligence committee and was televised, Mike Turner, a colleague, good friend. Uh, he... During the the hearing that he was on last week, 
said, I want to say, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, it's not okay, and it's not okay. But where, you know, you know, let's let's look at the whole train of events here. Uh, let's find out what happened. Uh, questions to be asked include, what about the former, U- now former U.S. ambassador? Was she she was career? Was she forced? I mean, that that you know that's going to be an issue that they look at. Sure. Um, you know what what's Giuliani's role? I mean, this is the very beginning of of what many of us say is no joy in Mudville. All right, no one no one really wants to go through. I mean, we have so many different issues uh, that we have to work on. Uh, this is now going to be one of them, and we'll we'll see where it takes us. Yeah. So so you're supporting. So I want to see the evidence. You know, yeah. I, I, I I'm I'm anxious to see how the process unfolds. The different committees. I guess there's not going to be one as there has been before, just the Judiciary Committee, or as back in the '70s, and you know, Sam Irvin. You know, just a a, a select committee. Uh, let let let's really look at all the details, ask, ask lots of questions and see where it takes us. So you're supportive of the idea that there needs to be this inquiry. You're not, you're not. Yeah. I, I want to, I, I want the answers to the questions uh, that, that need to be raised. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder what you're hearing uh, from your Republican colleagues about this. Uh, well, we, you say again, you're not in session. See, so. This happened the very end of last week. So we all got on our planes. We all came back. <laughs> we all have, thanks to our good staff, we have really big schedules uh, all over our district. So there's not really, there's not been a conference call. There's not been a lot of, there's been almost no interaction. Even, uh, I know Kevin McCarthy, our, our leader on our side, was on 60 Minutes. I missed the whole thing. It was my mom's 90th birthday. Um, so... Hello, mom. <laughs> it was a good Happy party. Birthday, it was right? a good party. Yeah, right. uh, Debbie, I wonder uh, what your conversations have been like, both inside the Democratic caucus uh, and with Republicans like Fred, since uh, since we've learned all the things that we learned in the last week. Mine are very focused, intense, solemn conversations. I think this is not a happy time for this country. I don't think it's... I think it's a very sad time for this country. I am somebody who is very concerned about how divided this country is and has been and expressed that concern all summer. Uh, I don't think we can be divided on the rule of law. So for me, this wasn't a issue of the speaker saying something or my Democratic colleagues saying something. It was the fact that a whistleblower filed a complaint. The Trump appointed inspector general, investigated, found it to be a credible threat of an urgent nature that could be a threat to our national security, and the acting director of Homeland Security agreed with him. Our job, we have a fundamental job, both Fred and I and every member of Congress, is to protect our national security and to protect our Constitution. We're on a fact-finding mission. So the intelligence committees, and we need to make sure that the people that have come forward, the whistleblower, are protected, that they're able to testify in a classified setting. hes I don't even know if it's a he or she. And by the way, the transcript is not a transcript. It's notes it's of notes. a telephone That's call. That's true. Um, but we need the committees of jurisdiction to get the facts. We somehow need to include the American people with as much information as can be shared with protecting people involved, and protecting classified information. We need everybody to come along. And at the same time, I got to keep doing my job and other things, which Fred and I talk about every day, lowering prescription drug prices. 
What are we going to do about PFAS? I've got an important amendment in uh, a bill right now that would help begin to get it cleaned up. Trade deals, UAW walk, workers walking a picket line. There's a lot of issues, and we've got to deal with all of them. Yeah. But protecting our country matters. And my guests are Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and Congressman Fred Upton. Uh, we're talking uh, about working together across the aisle, but we're also talking about a big obstacle to that right now, the impeachment proceedings in Washington, D.C., which are just getting underway. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what you think of the efforts to work together, even on things like impeachment. How bipartisan should that proceeding be? Uh, is it possible? for proceedings like that, which are so divisive, to actually be worked on in a bipartisan nature. Uh, what do you think about the climate in Washington and the ability to get things done when uh, not only the Congress, but the country is also as divided as it is? Uh, as always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation. You can also catch Debbie and Fred at the Detroit Economic Club today at 1130 at the TCF Center, which is what we're now calling the former Cobo Hall. Uh, it's an exclusive event for uh, Detroit Economic Club members, but uh, it's a chance to really see these two talk about the ways in which they try to work together and try to get their colleagues to do the same thing. Uh, let's go to Aaron in Jefferson Chalmers. Aaron, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, Mr. Anderson. Thank hey. you for taking my call. Sure. Go ahead. I have a question for Congressman Upton. Mm -hmm. uh, we often hear about both sides, or one side versus the other. Uh, given the tolerance of racism and white nationalism in Trump's Republican Party, I was wondering if Congressman Upton has ever considered leaving the both sides racket and leaving the Republican Party like Justin Amash. Hmm. Uh, interesting question, Aaron. Uh, Fred, I know you are uh, a, a Republican, uh, not just in belief, but uh, in practice. Uh, and I, I know uh, because uh, we've talked before about your concerns about things that go on inside the party. Uh, have you ever considered being an independent, for instance? So the quick answer is no. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the longer answer is I feel that it's important. You know, for, for me, uh, diversity is a strength. Uh, I, you know, I, I spoke up against Charlottesville. I, I met with my Muslim uh, community uh, uh, with some of the comments that were made. It's a mosque in, in my district. I was one of just four Republicans uh, to condemn the language uh, the, that the president used uh, to send them back to to their their country mm -hmm. uh, back in July. I'm not afraid to speak out uh, or vote uh, on that, and that's who I am. But to answer the question directly, no, I have not. <laughs> you know, I, I believe in a big tent. I'm a Republican. Uh, I'm you know, the economy has been going strong. I've always been bipartisan. And in today's divided government that we have, that the only way that you get things done is if you work with the other side and you find areas where you can agree on and move the ball forward. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a results guy. I, I want to get things done. So, so I, I do wonder, though, if you can talk a little about the ways in which the, the, the sides of the tent, I guess, are being strained by the things that you see this president doing and saying, uh, other members of the party. Does that make it? harder to be one organization. Well, I'd like to think that I'm, you know, it's, 
you know, this job to a big degree is networking. The, the friends that you have, not only within your own caucus, but also with the with the Democratic caucus as well. And um, you, you know, I know that uh, you know on the, the vote that I was one of only four. I know that there were a lot of other members who were very um, chagrined about not only taking that vote. Uh, but also with the language and where it was leading to. You'll remember that after the vote, or maybe it was the, uh, the, within 24 hours, what, there was that rally in, in North Carolina mm-hmm. where, to me, things really got out of hand. Yes. The, the chant uh, got out. And and I, I, I'm i hopeful that because of that vote, uh, the president has taken that as, as a lesson. And, you know, so many people tell me along the line, you know, yesterday and you know all, all this week, you know, I like the way that the economy is going, maybe with the exception of the GM issue, which is separate. But I like the way that the economy is going and where things are. I would just wish that the president would drop the phone in a bucket of water and just sort of <laughs> stop some Stay of those. Stay off uh, Twitter, yeah. right? Uh, I, I, I hear that almost every single day. And, you know, maybe that vote that we had back in July is a pretty good signal for um, some of that junk to stop. Hmm. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's go to Mike and Novi. Mike, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, uh, I'm 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 calling from Novi, Michigan. I was in, I've been following this a little bit, and I, I would suggest to you, I'm a trial lawyer. The issue, as I understand it, in this inquiry, is whether or not the president of the United States contacted a, a leader of another country and solicited help from that person to investigate another American. If he did, as I understand it, that would be improper, mm-hmm. to say the least. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in a court of law, for example, if I were uh, trying to introduce evidence, the judge in the case would determine whether or not that evidence is relevant. Relevant means that the evidence that you're introducing makes the ultimate question more likely than not. Right. Now, so for example, if if... If I was in a courtroom and someone tried to introduce the fact that uh, Biden, uh, Vice President Biden, had 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 some contact with regard to his son's matter over there, or whatever, uh, that's not relevant, you see, because I mean it's a it's a it's, it's not relevant to the act in question, right? It it doesn't it doesn't no matter what the answer to that is, right? It doesn't make the the issue of whether or not the president did, did this more likely than not. Right. It has nothing to do with it. Right, Mike. So, Mike, why I, do we keep? Okay. Yeah, Mike, I, I appreciate the point and and the phone call, uh, uh, Debbie. Talk about how simple this question might look. For instance, from. Mike's chair or the chair of uh, Democrats in in Congress. I think the biggest challenge that we have, first of all, I I don't think this should be a partisan investigation. I think we need to make this as American and bipartisan or nonpartisan as we possibly can. Um, That's why I think having this in the Intelligence Committee, which is a committee that has traditionally, uh, under strong leadership of Richard Burr in the Senate, uh, and Adam Schiff's very good in the House, made sure that we were all focused on what was good for this country and that that's the most important thing. I think I, I compared this to the census to Fred one day. You know, we won on not getting the census question on the census, but mm-hmm. people are still afraid to participate in the census. So in another way, those who were trying to intimidate succeeded. Uh, I think that all the media reporting keeps talking about whether the question's relevant or not. 
we live in a country where perception matters, and the Biden issue keeps coming up, and I think that that's very intentional. For purposes of what we are looking at in the Congress, we need to be focused on, is our national security being endangered? And are laws being broken? The rule of the law matters. And I think we need to be very methodical, very procedural, and we need to keep the American people informed as much as we can so that they understand what this is about. Okay, I would love to keep the two of you here all morning uh, today on the show, but I know you have to run off to the Economic Club uh, for your appearance there. But I want to thank you both for coming in. And uh, I, I, I also want to say that I appreciate the extent to which the two of you really do commit to this space of reaching across the aisle, working together and trying to trying to get things done. I, I don't imagine it's easy and I don't imagine uh, that uh, that you are free of an enormous amount of pressure and criticism from uh, from your supporters for it. So thanks for all your hard work. Thank you, Thank Stephen. You. Yeah, thanks for being here. All right, up next, a conversation about what is at stake in the 2020 census with NPR national correspondent, correspondent Hansi Lo Wang. Stay with us on Detroit Today.